Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the American Pale Mills podcast. It's your nerdy beer tasting podcast, and I'm one of the hosts of the podcast, Michael, and with me is the other host of the podcast. It's me, Jeremy, Michael. So hit me with the beer brag. <laughs> Jumping right into it. Okay, okay. I have a beer brag that is not a great beer. I'm not sure. I might have even <laughs> bragged about this before, but it kind of caused me a revelation Um and part of it has been doing the show and organizing my thoughts of a beer type, a beer style that I like, that I finally realized I like, oh yeah, this is a type of beer that is out there that I don't have a lot of, but I should seek it out more. Uh-huh. And so I had Supper Club from Capital Brewery. Okay. I won it in Pub Trivia. Nice. And um, it's like just this basic lager. I don't even know what you, I don't want to say it's a light lager because it has flavor. A golden lager. Yeah, that's, yeah, there you go. Um, 5% ABV, very crisp, nice grainy flavor to it, but it doesn't have like that detergenty kind of flavor or rotten moldy flavor that we found in like the copper flavor. Yeah. Like, uh, like in the old Milwaukee steel reserve, steel reserve. Yeah. It's yeah. a real robust grain flavor without any negatives. I like that. Yeah. The sweetness to it. And I like that style of beer. Um, another example is grain belt out of Minnesota mm-hmm. has that same quality to it. And it, it took me a while to realize having those bad beers on this show mm-hmm. and then realizing, you know, they're essentially the same style, but the differences between the two, what I like in that kind of beer. And I might have to go for that more often. Kind of like how at Seven Hills, we had that Pilsner. Yes. And it kind of clicked for me. Like, I think I like really, you know, if a Pilsner is well-made, mm-hmm. it's awesome. So I agree 100%. Yeah, in that vein, um, these quote-unquote basic style beers are something I might try to seek out more. Did So just for the record, did you just beer brag a grain belt? I beer bragged a um, supper club. So yeah, oh, Okay, good point. Yeah. But I said I liked grain belt. I've, <laughs> That's at okay. least in the past, what I remember. I, they, they occasionally will have it as uh, the, hey man, it's $2 for one of these for a tall boy downtown oh okay namely it shows that i go to at the mill i'd have to have one of those again to run it in my taste memory again Mm -hmm. it's been a while but i remember having enjoying that crisp grainy flavor on that one too so and it didn't veer into that category too much before we get into your beer brag so i mentioned i got that at pub trivia Mm -hmm. as a prize (laughs) quick little story about pub trivia that just popped into my head so we hadn't done it in a while. Our team was there, and we're kind of worried because there was a lot of people coming. We're like, oh, this could be tough. There's a lot of teams here. And then a guy dressed up in a bow tie and glasses, suit jacket, like uh, kind of fuzzy hair. Who was that Coen Brothers movie? It's somebody's name, very early Coen Brothers. Barton Fink. Barton <laughs> Fink. Yeah, he looked exactly <laughs> like him. And he walks in the bar. I'm like, oh, no, we're in trouble. We got this nerdo guy. Have you seen Barton Fink? No. You should watch Barton Fink. It's on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's pretty great. And I I think I got Barton Fink conflated with, because it's John Totoro, right? Uh-huh. I got him conflated with Quiz Show. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And that I'm like, oh, God, the guy is cosplaying as Quiz Show. Mm-hmm. Coming to pub trivia, he's going to just dominate. But it ended up... um, It showed that it was fixed, though, Michael. Yeah, well, apparently, because his team didn't do very well. That's right. Yes. Um, 
So I don't know. It's just funny. I had this big nerdo, and uh, yeah, I gave him a little voice and um, Wayne the brain. Yeah, basically, yeah, like <laughs> correcting the quiz math. They're like, mm, that is actually not correct. Mm, it Jesus, a- it's not correct. But yeah, we won. We we beat Quiz Show and his team for that prize. So, well done, Michael. I, Thank it's you. been a little bit since I've been to Pub Trivia, but. Hopefully it'll come back soon. Uh, we finally got signed up for the league. Oh, okay. And we were told by the uh, the guy after our first time of doing that that just one of those, just he's like, are you guys in the league? And we're like, no. And he says, be in the league. We don't have enough people that are in there that are any good. And I'm like, all right. Thank you. So uh, hopefully we'll get around to that. Instead of the crappy place they were doing it on Wednesday, they've moved it to the sanctuary. Okay, and they have decent beers there. They have amazing beer there, and Excellent. I could... I can do some serious damage with a gift card to the sanctuary. But rather than a beer brag, Michael, I have more of a boast. Okay. A hybrid. I don't know what the difference is, but you'll see here in a second. Um, Okay. The other day I did some grocery shopping, and I stepped into the Hy-Vee Wine and Spirits, and apparently they ordered too much stuff from Surly and Uinta. Uinta? I don't know how they pronounce it. Right. Um, Because they were having a massive bomber sale. Ooh. So... Uh, I was able to procure Furious Black. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. It's a black IPA from Surly. Yes, that sounds good. Um, I got 2016's Darkness. Oh, yeah, that that's I sought got, after. I got Pentagram. That as well. Wow, okay. And I got a, a Britannomyces Triple from Uinta. Ooh, and a f- let's see, and my my I guess my brag is the Cahoots Flanders Red from Uinta, which is aged for four, eighteen months in port barrels. Our Cahoots oh. Flanders Red is ready to take flight. Brewed with rich caramel malt and fermented with a blend of wild yeast and bacteria, this brew has a complex finish with bright notes of cherries and raspberries. And it's, wow, it's it's intense. It's it's remarkably tart, but okay. never veered over into sour. Which, okay. which oh. is awesome. Um, I don't know if it's like they were get, getting rid of it because, you know, this beer's old. These uh, Imperial Stouts were brewed in 2016. We'd better get rid of them. I doubt it was that sort of situation, but... In any case, they'll age nicely. I don't care. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, uh, it's sitting in the age pile alongside two years of Dark Lords. Nice. Those are great grabs. I know, and it was, I got all that for like $30. I mm. added it up based on what they were going for at a, uh, uh, we'll, we'll say, competing store. They okay. had the same things. And it was like $85 worth of beer. That is awesome. It was Pentagram and uh, Darkness, I believe, were 20 bucks a piece. Those, yeah, those are like limited run stuff oh, yeah. and vertical flight chasers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Ooh, but nice. But yeah, that is I, a boast. I get it. I get that, it now. That's, yes. where, that's why I'm boasting, Michael. And brags, future brags. I probably. I've had Pentagram before. I had it at a concert at the Englert Theater here in town. They have the mm-hmm. uh, the downstairs area where they have, like, the... We have uh, Fat Tire and uh, a Heineken. But if you go upstairs, they have the taps. Aha. Uh-huh. And so they get, like... They only have, like, four kegs at any given time, but it's all good, good stuff. It's oh. really hard to get your hands on, so... Nice. Life hack for those going to the Englert. Go upstairs <laughs> before the show. Go upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Michael, what's next? I, uh, I'm i told we have uh, some words. Yes. We got a submission to the American Pale Mail Mail Pail. Well done. Via Twitter. And it is a New York Times article sent in by Michelle. And it 
kind of goes into the curiosity I have, maybe you have, I don't know, mm-hmm. um, of low alcoholic beers. And about 10 episodes ago, we were talking about non-alcoholic beers made oh, in North yeah. America. And they briefly mentioned in that article that they're more popular overseas. Well, this gets into that and kind of why. The article is it's actually a travel article. The buzz in Stockholm is craft beer with less buzz. It's by Ingrid K. Williams. But it's it's an interesting read. It basically goes into um, how Stockholm has... Like, if you want to get alcohol over 3.5%, you have to go to a government-run store. Uh, have, I don't like that. Yeah, they have really weird hours. Like, they close at 3 p.m. on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then they open again on, on Monday. And so they have this Folkel, which is Swedish for people's beer, and that's around 28 to 3.5%. And grocery stores can sell these, and now it's becoming more popular at bars and shops just because there's essentially no restriction on Mm. when they can sell it. Mm -hmm. The craft beer scene there is getting into that and trying to make really good tasting beers like IPAs, which typically would have double-digit ABVs, taking that and somehow reformulating it keeping all that taste and putting it into something with 3.5% ABV. So this focal craft brewing scene is big over there, and it's kind of curious how trying to get around the law has blossomed this whole new kind of hard-to-do brewing uh, venture in uh, Stockholm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That strikes your curiosity. Is that a phrase? Striking curiosity? Um, Check that out. My curiosity? Peaks your interest, peaks your curiosity. Check that out on nytimes.com. Hmm. Must be a new startup. I was going to say. So thank you, Michelle, for sending that in. Thank you, Michelle. Jeremy, I have a, <laughs> a segment. <laughs> oh, you do? Oh. <laughs> Just ramrod that through. I-, I was thinking about the game SimCity 2000. I have many fond memories of that game. Okay. Um, did you ever play it? I did. Uh, my question is why. Um, it probably came up on a podcast or something. Oh, okay. Like that. <laughs> As with most things that jog my brain these days do. So yeah, for those who don't know, is a game where you build a city and it has its own economy. And... You're explaining this to people who are listening to this podcast. <laughs> Touche. All right. You nerds know what it is. Yeah, thank you. Man. Um, but uh, one of the best features of the game was disasters could strike your city at any time. Reticulating splines. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I kind of want to go through these disasters, and my question to you, Jeremy, is I guess, A, do you remember it in the game? Mm-hmm. That's fine if you have anything to say about that. But more importantly, have you ever been in one of the disasters in real life? Okay, interesting. Let me start with an example. Okay. Go for it. I think we both might have examples of real-life incidents with this disaster. Tornado. Yeah, sure do. In the game, a tornado would kind of rip through your city and blow up a few buildings. Uh-huh. What tornado have you been in, Jeremy? Uh, gee, Michael, what tornado were you in? <laughs> uh, for those that may not have lived in the Iowa City area, what Michael is not so bleakly referring to or is the fact that Iowa City got pasted with a tornado while we were in college in 2006, 5, 6? Yeah, it's 5. I want to say 2005. It could have uh, been 6, though. I, 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 all I know is my boss's house got hit by it. 
Yeah. And uh, it took him quite some time to rebuild. Was it an F3 or something like that? It was pretty nasty, whatever it was. I remember during that storm, there was flashes of green lightning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've never seen that before. Something really bad is happening. Yeah. It was so dark, too. It got so dark. Yeah. It, it was, happened at night. It did happen at night. It was just eerily even darker than night. Mm-hmm. Um and then afterwards, everybody got out and walked around downtown. I was just going to ask you if you went out and went roaming around. <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. And I, it was like a social venue. You'd be like, see people and, oh, hey, well. Uh-huh. And uh, I think part of the downtown was blocked off by cops. But um, I definitely remember seeing people jumping over down to power lines. <laughs> Wonderful. It had to have been on a Thursday because they canceled classes the next day. And oh, sure. I mean, for obvious reasons. So I went to the Deadwood during the day with... I'm pretty sure it was either Cousin of the Show or Council of the Great White North. And they were so they had uh, filled up a couple of igloo coolers with the big, like, water jug igloo coolers. Okay. With uh, tornadoes, which I think was just a hurricane, but with vodka instead of rum. Okay. And they were selling them for, like, a dollar or something absurd like that. Probably illegal, but... <laughs> Whatever, it was a good time. Whichever one of you two was at the Deadwood with me having that, uh, let me know. I don't remember. It's been a while. Like I said, 13 years. Okay, next disaster. Next one. I think this was only available in the expansion pack, but have you had any experience with volcanoes, Jeremy? Uh, no. Yeah. No? I've climbed dormant volcanoes. Mm -hmm. I have not, but you're... You're much more of a peaksman than I am. <laughs> I'm only summited three, 15 or 16ers. Which one is 14ers? I don't 14er, know. 14er. 14ers. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Um, how about fire? Any? Uh, the closest I can say to that is my father is a fireman. He never jumped on the back of the truck and, like when you were five? Well, see where, see where the fire truck goes? <laughs> Well, not quite that, but uh, <laughs> in the early 90s, I think it was 92 or 93, there were some nasty, nasty floods that went through Iowa. Oh, that was the other uh, disaster. I was wondering about that, but yes. uh, we didn't get flooded because we lived on a higher part of the town, but there was, there's a lower part in my hometown that's down by a creek that, you know, jumped the banks. Oh, sure. And... Uh, just flooded the low-lying area, and it just ruined all of these houses that were pretty bad to begin with. So after that, because the houses were far enough apart, and, and because I'm assuming it was the early 90s and no one cared if you burned shingles, the uh, the fire department was... Oh, like a test training thing? Well, no, they were conscripted to come burn down the houses. Oh. Just so to pe- demolish them, essentially? Yes, yes. And so wow. it would... Uh, maybe this is just a small-town Iowa thing, but... It would turn into a social event. Like a big bonfire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really big bonfire. Because <laughs> like, even, the, even the small houses aren't that small in a small town. Right. I mean, there definitely are ones that are, you know, Iowa City small. But these are like two-story houses. Uh, so, yeah, people would get as much stuff out of the house as they could. And then it was the fire department would come out there and just torch the thing. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if they, like, got a truck and, like, tried to de-shingle or de-asbestos. And in retrospect, it seems pretty dangerous to have, you know, <laughs> a couple hundred people from the town sitting around just watching a house go up in flames, which 
sounds kind of white trashy, but it's pretty awesome when you don't have... I mean, considering it's not the fire that's destroying the, the people's, you know, lives. Mm-hmm, their right, lives yeah. were already destroyed. It was just, you know, like, eh, well, you know, got to get rid of them somehow. Yeah. It's friendly fire, if you will. Uh, that has a different meaning, Michael. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned Flood. That was another mm-hmm. one um, in SimCity. Um, fire was okay because you could bring out your fire trucks mm-hmm. to handle it, but Flood, you really couldn't stop No, very probably. effectively anyway. No. You could uh, like trench out the place? I don't know. Could you do that? <laughs> it's been a while. You would uh, put a bunch of police and fire icons to block the uh, Flood. That's, oh. that's the only thing I can think of. Trench it, man. Oh, yeah, you could just, like, a dig a, a big divot. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that, too. I feel like I tried that. I don't know if it worked or not. But we've been in a flood, too. A, a co-disaster. Another co-disaster. Oh, yeah. Um, 2008, right? Yeah, 2008, the year uh, cousin of the show and wife of the cousin of the show got married. I had to uh, leave town before they closed off all the roads and into and out of Iowa City. So I left a day early for that. Yeah, there's just real bad flooding along the Iowa and Cedar Rivers, and uh, a few uh, departments had their buildings destroyed. Yeah, several, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, Michael, Dubuque Street, the, the main road leading into campus, I guess you could call, mm-hmm. is now a solid six feet higher. Because of that? Yeah, they, they've raised Dubuque Street, and it's kind of weird because it's not finished yet. Uh-huh. It's just sort of like one side is done, but the other side is not. So if you're if you're driving along, you just like can look down. And you're like, oh snap! It used to be down there. It's 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 really weird. Next time you're in town, go down uh, to Buke Street. No, to look, pay attention to that. You, you um, can't miss it. It's it's not. I feel like it's a little higher. It's like oh <laughs> snap. I remember near where we lived, there was like a little spillway on the river, which, mm-hmm. you know, was maybe about 10 feet high or something, depending on the water level. But yep. during this flood, it was non-existent, <laughs> more or less. There's like turbulence, but... Yeah, it. it really was ridiculous. Uh, like roads that are, you know, 15, 20 feet above the water, like bridges over the Iowa River, uh, were covered. The water yeah. was over. It was pretty ridiculous. It's uh, crazy. Yes. Um, we'll do a few more here. Probably you haven't been in some of these. A nuclear but, um, meltdown? The <laughs> nuclear meltdown <laughs> is one. Uh, alien monster attack? Well, the monster attack. I did play Rampage a lot when I was younger. Does that count? <laughs> uh, this was more of a flying giant eyeball type thing. Do you remember that in the SimCity? I don't know. Vaguely. Yeah. Hurricane? Have you been in a hurricane? I have not. No. And I'm... I aim to keep it that way. Yeah. Well, well, well so, okay, since we're on the subject, people, you know, the uh, the coastal types will say, well, okay. well, if they don't want to get hit by tornadoes every year, well, then they should just move. Well, I'm not going to say, you know, they deserve it because no one deserves a hurricane. But so you, you've heard this before, like this line of thinking, correct? Oh, get out of tornado. Yeah, it's called Tornado Alley. Get out of there. Would you agree that there's not really an area that doesn't have some sort of natural disaster waiting to happen? Yeah, more or less. Okay. Yeah. Okay. From here to the the east coast is basically blizzard area. Yeah. uh, Which means it's also flood area. Yeah. You've got hurricanes that have gone as far north as 
New York, New York and yep, mm-hmm. and hit everything between you know Texas and in between. You got wildfires. You got wildfires and mudslides, earthquakes, earthquakes. West Coast. Yep. It's the only thing that probably doesn't. Well, no, because uh, wildfires happen in the mountains. Yeah. Uh, one of those aforementioned 14ers I summited during the Waldo Canyon fire, and you could see it from like a hundred miles away. It was terrifying. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. You get up on the mountain and it's yeah. hazy. Yeah. Well, no, you could see the flames. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Earthquake. I ha- did feel aftershocks of an earthquake before. That was uh, happening in Oklahoma too. Well, that's because of the wind turbines. Um, no, it's because of fracking. <laughs> no. It's because of the wind turbines, Jeremy. Oh, okay. I get you. Yeah, <laughs> wink, wink. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Depends who you ask. No, I was in Japan, and this was shortly oh, after yeah. the... Fukushima? Yes. So you have been in nuclear meltdown. <laughs> well, I wasn't in Fukushima. You were close. Um, you are in the same country, and it's not exactly like it's a large country. Yeah, I know. Um, so that was 2011. It was several months afterwards. Yeah, I was in the airport for the trip back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And actually, essentially, because of timing and the jet lag, I actually ended up staying there from like 2 in the morning till the flight at 8 or something like that. So nobody was in the airport except me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was sitting there, and it felt like a large semi-truck was like driving if like a semi-truck jake breaks mm-hmm. near a structure it will like resonate <laughs> yeah yeah engine brakes it felt like that and i'm like oh that's weird and like there's a semi-truck nearby and then i'm like wait a minute i'm in the middle of the airport mm-hmm. nobody's around that was an earthquake it was a very bizarre sensation i can imagine did you stand in a doorway no it was very brief it okay. was it was about 10 seconds, and then everything stopped. That's about all I know about earthquakes. <laughs> probably pretty pretty low on the Richter scale, mm-hmm. too, or whatever they call that scale now. Yeah, I have a few more here. I don't think we've been in it, though. Uh, plane crash. No. Riot? Not Riot Fest. Does that I Hate God show at Dark Lord Day count where they tore down the barricade? <laughs> You've probably been to a few concerts that uh, approached Riot oh, status, maybe. Got close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think we covered a lot of them. So that's the Disaster Peace Theater uh, segment of the show. That's what we'll call that, sure. Beautiful Disaster Peace Theater. Um, yeah, so thanks for sharing your memories, Jeremy, mm-hmm. of disasters. No problem. But uh, <laughs> all this talk of strife has got me parched. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Michael, whatever could that mean? Is it time for an FDR? Yeah. Jeremy, what all is right. the FDR? FDR is where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. And, Michael, we, we have a, I guess this is a special beer? Yeah, it's at least a follow-up. Yeah, what do we got this week, Michael? Uh, from the New Belgium Belgian Reserve, this is Honey Orange Triple. As referenced, what, two, three episodes ago? Uh, yeah. Three two, episodes ago? Three, you're right. Three. But I Jeremy... Think, I think, eh, whatever. But yes, Michael, <laughs> uh, we're... That was, that's in the past. We have the Honey Orange Triple from Henry K. Duff's Private Reserve. What do we got? Uh, give me some flavor text, Michael. Uh, yeah, I can bring up some flavor text here. All right, let's do Hymn uh, Card Read Good. Let's see how well I can read this without making a mistake. Here we go. Super focused. I think I've already read this, but go for it. Yeah, I think you did when we mentioned it on the show earlier, but let's do it well, again. Well, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> for this recipe, 
our brewers drew inspiration from Belgian Golden Strong Ale, mm. a style we love. Me too. We we sought out the very best ingredients, <laughs> sourcing wild honey from the African Bronze Honey Company, a member of the Fair Trade Federation and a certified B Corporation. I thought that said B Cup for when I first read that, <laughs> and I was super confused. <laughs> the Seville orange peel is freshly ground 24 hours prior to the day we brew by the Old Town Spice Shop, less than one mile away from our Fort Collins, Colorado brewery. In the end, we created a big, sweet, and citrusy Belgian-style triple with thoughtfully sourced ingredients. Well done, despite my attempts to derail your reading. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I don't remember, and I don't have my phone in here with me, but I, I believe... Council of the Great White North referred to this beer as drinking three blue moons all at once. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's. It. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, so that's the person who emailed in. I don't think we said that. Council of the Show suggested. Council this. of the Great White North. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. 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 Got a, That's the legal definition that we better person. stick to. Yeah. Uh huh. Sustained. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. ABV of ten percent. <laughs> IBU of twenty-five. Uh, yeast is Trappist Ale Yeast. Oh, we have a calorie count. I, I saw that too. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. 285. <laughs> so, do we know what, like, an average... I'm, okay, you keep reading. I'm going to find out what, like, uh, uh, an all-day IPA calorie is. I, I, I think it's probably... An IPA is probably around 200. Really? Yeah. All-day IPA is 147 calories. That's more of a That's sessionable, though. though. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Lagunitas IPA is 240. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Hops are Nugget. Are you seeing this, Jeremy? Styrian. Uh, is that... But Are there supposed to be commas there? Uh, no. Styrian Goldings is definitely a hop kind. That's Sevinsky. Yes. Or whatever. I'm assuming it's Rusev's middle name. But whatever <laughs> that is, is... I assume it's a kind of hop. Once again, keep reading. I'll do some Googling. Okay. And the malts are Pale... Munich and Pilsner. This is indeed a kind of hop. To my knowledge, I've never had this before. Uh, yes, you have. Oh. Because it's AKA Styrian. Savinia Gold. Oh. I'm, I'm going to go ya in here. Okay. Savinia Golding. Stavinsky Golden. Styrian Stavinsky Golding. It's a Yugoslavian hop. Okay. Let's see. Hopslist.com tells me that it's. Uh, Looks like it's noble. It, it, kind of. Styrian yeah. Golding or Savinsky hot Golding, as it is commonly known, goes by a multitude of sometimes confusing aliases. Ah. Confusing still is the fact that it doesn't come from a Golding at all, but is rather the result of a clonal selection of Fuggle, and as such exhibits many Fuggle-like characteristics. Mm, okay. Curious. Characteristics. Resinous and earthy with hints of white pepper. It is an aroma hop. Alphas 2.8 to 6... Austria and Slovenia. Ah, interesting. 1,150 kilograms per hectare, Michael. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, used in ESBs, lagers, and Belgians. Boom. Oh, there you go. I'm looking at this bottle. It has this fancy plain white label. Papery. Uh, Papery, yeah, with a flower design on it and Belgian Belgian flag flag motif. It's a little bit, it's like a darker version of the Belgian flag. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, should we go for this, Jeremy? Yes, we should. And uh, curious fun fact, Michael, I'm looking at the enjoy by date. Have mm-hmm. you looked at this yet? Oh, uh-oh. No, no. No, 18, 18. Yep. <laughs> we're good, we're good. 
<laughs> it's uh, Best Buy, December 2nd of 2018. I Usually when I see these high-proof beers like this, even though they are definitely ageable or sellerable, they still have like a normal loser's expiration date on them. But this is mm-hmm. the first one I've seen that is at least a year out. I, I, my, I'm guessing they give it a year. Oh, boy. Because I bet it was brewed in uh, December of 2017. Probably. Because this, pre- this is a pretty new offering, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they've had this before. Um, no. It is bottle-conditioned, which means, Michael... Nice and yeasty? Well, no, you got to pour down to the dregs, give it a swirl... Yep. And then dump it into some cider. <laughs> That's right. Although this does not look terribly yeasty. No, it does not. I was surprised. There's, If you look at the bottom of the bottle, there's a, like a yeah. little splotch of yeast there. But as far as in the beer itself, not Certainly that not as much as what I had expected. Oh, wow. That does have a splotch of yeast at the bottom. I hadn't... Weird. This is a, a rich, golden... It's a very thick honey gold, one might there, say. There you go. Boom. Do I need to ask what glass you're using? Because there's a proper answer. The Duval glass. Correct. That's the one yes. I'm using as well. Yeah. Good Good choice. Almost perfect for a beer like this. The smell? That's a Belgian yeast, all right. Yeah. Kind of get some of the... I, I detect a... And I know you don't like this, and I am not a big fan of this descriptor either, but the uh, bubble gum. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. But it's kind of undeniable. Little almost vanilla ishness, mm-hmm. kind of. I don't know. Hint of citrus, maybe. A little. Well, you do that. I'm gonna go in. Yeah, go ahead. Notes of black pepper. I don't know about that. Black pepper. Yeah. Um. I'm mm. big fan of triples, so I'm really looking forward to this. But uh, we've been. Uh. Yeah. Go for it. I'm curious to see your reaction to this. Okay. Suffice to say, uh, Council of the Great White North, you were uh, you were onto something. Ooh. That's like um, zestier and a little spicier than I thought it would be. Maybe that's where that black pepper comes in at. Yeah, but it's nice. Michael, get your pepper grinder out. Really <laughs> knock it up a notch. Bam it up a notch. <laughs> Bam. Bam. This is this is a hefty beer. You feel every uh, every tenth of a percent of that 10%. Yeah, yes. It's not uh, burning on the back of the tongue, mm-hmm. though. But, it, you, yeah, you can tell it's higher proof. It's almost hard. There's so many flavors going on there. It's almost hard to register anything just with that first drink. So I got to go back in definitely here. That's fair. For me, the the Belgian yeast predominates. Yeah. Although after you let it kind of chill out on one's tongue for a little bit, you def I the malts are coming through, mm-hmm. which is impressive, considering the yeast is so aggressive. Yeah, the thickness of that beer is like. I mean, it kind of feels like liquid honey. It is thick. N- not quite liquid as viscous honey. as honey. but it, thin it, honey? Maybe. No, that's wrong. It's. Uh, it feels like I could cut this thing with like a, with like a, the edge of a fork. Yeah. That's pretty... That's very bold tasting, too. Mm-hmm. There's not a square centimeter of my tongue that is not triggered by uh, all the things that are going on here. I like that... Um, that peppery aspect, it kind of reminds me, La Fin du Monde. A little bit. Had that too. Mm-hmm. I like that. It has kind of a funky, af- not funky, but a strange aftertaste. I think that's the malt. Yeah. Because I'm I'm noticing that as well, and it's uh, it's unusual. Yeah, so, um, and it has a, like the effervescence also mm-hmm. contributes too, to that mm-hmm. zestiness. It really pops at the beginning, and then... Um, after this crescendo, it kind of 
eases out. Are you down getting the gullet. honey or orange peel? I suppose that might be a flavor I have to kind of think about because, like you said, that yeast. The honey might be what's giving us that uh that, that unusual aftertaste kind of yeah because it, it it feels like it's all it's a not an adjunct sweetness like like say uh oh what was that crappy beer we had uh, Steel Reserve right which yeah just just had you know like a dump truck of corn sugar in it but, <laughs> but it definitely has a, a very thick sweetness to it mm-hmm. which is not altogether not all that bad the citrus I get is more of a zesty or pithy citrus versus a yeah um you know a freshly squeezed orange juice or anything like that uh-huh so what 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 is uh what do you what do you like about this beer Michael um yeah I was just gonna say likes and dislikes let's get those out of the way I mentioned I like the pepper taste mm-hmm. I like the yeasty taste very too. much so just the triple as I said Trappist yeast that's awesome what I don't like it's not very subtle <laughs> but I kind of like that too that's a like and mm-hmm. kind of dislike um you know it's it's not a delicate flavor necessarily like you find in a lot of triples it's a brash American take on a dainty European taste yeah um and then that that it does have that aftertaste is kind of maligned i think with the overall flavor profile um because it's very delightful and then it kind of bump on your tongue afterwards but as it warms up a little bit it's getting more you can get more of the honey flavor out of it which i'm I'm definitely getting on the aftertaste it's like almost like a little bit of bitter honey yeah i didn't put this one on ice for that fact i thought it uh-huh. Might be a little better, warmer. So uh, I only put it in the fridge an hour ago because I totally forgot we were doing this tonight. <laughs> but uh, I did get it in there, and I think I did it just right. It's just the right kind of cold for this style of beer at mm-hmm. this moment, right now, which makes this moment in time a unique one. Jeremy Van Halen, right now, rate it one through ten. Right now, one through ten. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, you don't want to use Van Halen's right now as a jumping off point because everyone <laughs> knows that Van Hagar is not worth mentioning in the same breath as Van Halen. So you give it a one. Uh, I give Van Hagar a one. What do you give right now? The song? Yeah. Uh, like a two? It's, it's, okay. He, he, Van Halen is all about the pyrotechnics. The rhythm section is there to make sure the whole works doesn't come falling down. Eddie Van Halen is out there playing a soulless but awesome guitar, just playing as many notes as he can, just short of Angve Malmsteen. And uh, David Lee Roth doing the aerial splits. I mean, it's all pyrotechnics, man. That's the whole point of it. So if you bring it down and get it gritty and humanist, you're you're missing the point, man. Oh. Mm. And the less said about Gary Sharon, the better. <laughs> that poor sap. All right. Uh, but uh, So now that I got your rating juices flowing. And, yeah. I'm going to go on Hopefully for another sip of judgment. Yeah, okay. I, I, I didn't want to sour your palate with Van Halen. Van Hagar, excuse me. Thank you. But um, you said right now, and mm-hmm. the first thing that popped into my head was right, right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was I didn't want to do it myself, but you nailed it. <laughs> I I can tell. Um, while I oh God, this is tough. I really like the the yeast. I like the the swaggering American take on the dainty British or 
British, the dainty European sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing just kind of flops itself on the table and says, hey, man, I'm here. Deal with it. Council of the Great White North was not kidding when he said it's like drinking three blue moons all at once. Yeah. If you were to uh, centrifuge slash heat concentrate down uh, three blue moons into one, this is probably what it would be like, albeit with a yeastier taste. Um, Wait. Okay, hold that thought. I've been doing um, that a lot at work lately. <laughs> but um, that just popped something in my brain. Um, ice beer. <laughs> With Blue Moon. <laughs> That's actually... <laughs> if, it, if it weren't for the yeast, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say it, yeah. Because the, the yeast is is the the weird factor. Maybe if they, yeah. if they had like a little jar of essential oils that said yeast smell and mm-hmm. dumped it into a, an icebox of Blue Moon, well then, yeah, yeah, you might be close. I might have to get some Blue Moon. Is it going to be that cold again? It's should chill out okay well i mean i am going to see you in like a month so (laughs) oh yeah it wouldn't be carbonated though i don't know we'll see whatever who cares (laughs) we can force carbon can't we um we'll get some of those co2 things that you put into like pellet guns yeah and uh yeah like put in some yeah okay okay i mean we i mean it's probably illegal to use the pellet gun thingies but (laughs) Uh, CO2 Let's talk cartridge. more off air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Get go, varying legalities will be discussed off air. Um, I like the more I have the the lingering honey sweetness, the more I'm liking it. Even though I can see how it might become a little bit cloying. Mm-hmm. It um, is better warmer. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really getting much of any, if any, orange. May okay, uh, I take that back? There is a little bit more orange as it warms up. So I think we're mm-hmm. in agreement. That this needs to be served, not at room temperature, but certainly not a forty. Uh, it does not need to be served at you know blue moon extra cold. Yeah, you're right. Whatever. Okay. It it does not need to be there. It needs to be at some, whatever you would serve like a Duval or a uh, some other triple of note. Mm-hmm. But um, um, I give this one a three point seven five. I like okay. it. The aggressiveness of the sweetness is what's holding me back from going higher. I like the yeast. I like the malt. I like... I'm assuming the hops are what's giving it that lemony, peppery taste, but not a lemon pepper taste, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. That... But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I dig this one. It is good. Yeah. Um, so I saw the word triple, and my eyes were kind of flushing like slot machines because that's probably my favorite style of beer mm-hmm. which i should have more often on i don't do it um coming soon triple cast yeah and i was if this beer lived up to the expectations prepared to unleash a five-star rating it's not but a five-star beer it's not a yeah it it veers from the triple a little bit and kind of does its own thing but not necessarily in a bad way. I think the most triply aspect is that yeast profile, which uh-huh. is, that's probably my favorite part of this beer. Yeah, um, I yeah, me too. And I like that peppery taste. Um, I think I'm going to give it a... F- what is it, Michael? What is it? Come on, Michael. Let me go in for a sip of judgment. Fun fact, Michael. I Hate God is actually coming to Iowa City. <laughs> the Cro-Mags. You should come watch them with me. It's only on a Tuesday. 
at five o'clock. We need to have a segment where you just go over metal bands, black metal bands, and uh, I don't know if they are those type of music, but just the names and just how awesome they are sometimes. Well, while you're thinking about your rating, because you're going to have to think about it. I, uh, you know how I've been complaining on and off air about how no good metal comes around here? Mm-hmm. It, through May, but largely in the next couple months. I have Municipal Waste with In the Mouth of Radness. Six days after that, Sabaton, which I guess you would call Swedish power metal, and Creator, with a K, which is one, <laughs> with of, the big, with, with his, uh, one of the big four of Teutonic thrash metal, also known as German thrash metal, which is a little bit harsher than its American counterparts. Uh, shortly after that, I Hate God and the Cro-Mags. Uh, Andrew W.K. just announced that he's playing at the Codfish Hollow Barnstormer Barn in Maquoketa, Iowa. Holy crap. Yeah, you might need to come to, with his whole band. And then <laughs> the, the, the Pièce de Résistance, the a hearty inhale farewell to Slayer, is in the offing. Slayer is finally calling it quits, one of the big four of thrash metal. Will they actually call it quits, though? I believe so. Uh, their okay. lead singer slash bassist headbanged too much in the 80s and 90s that he had to have like three <laughs> vertebrae fused. Ooh. And so it's weird to see all these guys just going ballistic on stage and he's just standing there like a totem pole. Um, they still rip, and I'm very happy to go see them. They are touring with uh, Lamb of God. Let's see who else. Anthrax, another one of the big four, the last of the big four that I've yet to see. Testament, one of the big eight, if you extend it out. <laughs> and uh, Behemoth, blackened Polish death metal. It's about ah, as satanic as it gets. I'm excited. Big four, Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax? Correct, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, the extended big eight would include, I think it includes Testament, the fifth one is Exodus. They kind of started at the same time. Uh, oh, God. I'm blanking. I can't do this off the top of my head. Um, so if this podcast ever becomes popular, which mm-hmm. is highly unlikely. How many podcasts I, are I there? I disagree. Like 300,000. If you ever meet Jeremy in the street, now you know what you can talk to him about. <laughs> Michael, you can come see Creator with me. They're playing in your town. <gasps> Just saying. Okay. You actually gave me a, a good amount of time to contemplate this beer. And <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you did for real. Oh, um, no, I totally did. No one um, listens to me when I talk about this stuff. They just kind of roll their eyes and tell me to leave. Um, so I came to... I was going between two ratings, and I came to a conclusion, and I think one thing we didn't talk about is accessibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Fair seeing, point. For a single list beer, you picked this one up. It was... Two forty nine, mm-hmm. and I know it's available in six pack. It's a twelve it ounce bottle, mm-hmm. um, and it's widely available. And for a beer that is this bold and this um, putting that triple flavor out there, it's not a hoity-toity Trappist beer. Sure, I see where you're um, going. I like and it. because of that, I'm going to bump it up. And in doing so, in bumping it, it's going to go into the beers of the year. I'm going to give it a four point. Two five. All right. Okay. It just and that accessibility thing that I just kind of thought of. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, this was selling, I believe, for like twelve ninety nine for a right. six pack, thirteen. And it's a ten percent. So I mean, you're getting your money's worth. Right. Um. So yeah. So and I and I like it overall. It, mm-hmm. it does have its 
you know, we've discussed the what we was in our favorite parts in volume, so I won't go into it again. But yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, four point two five. Awesome. I I hadn't considered that, but that's a good point. This is a uh, as odd as it may sound. I do know people that you know just straight up don't like to drink beer from another country. You know, misguided whether or not it is. You know, some people are just like, eh, you know, that foreign stuff. It's a little bit too weird for me. You know, I don't. Know. But if it's from New Belgium, uh, yeah. Captain Ben Johns is a big fan of New Belgium beers. We could probably get him to try this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should have him on the show sometime. <laughs> a very special episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just but... go, man. Just talk. <laughs> Four hours later. <laughs> uh, but in any case, that's another one down the gullet. Mm-hmm. That is. Uh, Jer- yeah. Jeremy, can you do social media, do you think? Uh, now that I've successfully wiped my brain of thrash metal, uh, you can find us at APM Pod on just about anything. Send us an email at apmpod at gmail.com and let me know which one of the shows that I'm going to you're looking forward to hearing me rant and blather about in the future. You can find us at APM Pod on Twitter. Tell me how much I need to shut up about which of the four shows I'm going to in the future. <laughs> you can find us at APM Pod on Untapped. You can find us at APM Pod on uh, Facebook and YouTube and all that fun social media stuff. The name is the same mm-hmm. everywhere. And you can uh, subscribe and review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. Rate and review. Let us know where you're from, what you're listening to, where you're listening to, rather. And uh, what you're drinking. What you're drinking, yeah. Yeah. Did I get everything? I think so. All right, cool. Uh, well, then, I guess this has been American Pale Males. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. For Jeremy, I've been Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.